everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 384 for January 27th, 2016. I'm Ryan Trout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. Uh You know, I, I should have known this was a while ago, but um, I now understand, like, we're at 384. Had we done a podcast like this every day, uh-huh. we could populate more than a full year of shows. Scary, isn't okay. it? So if, su- content. if such a person existed that said, I want to listen to a PC per, PC per podcast every day for all of 2016. They couldn't do it. Yeah, you could. Well, first, you might just be able to now. They're like the first 33 uh, so are lost. The issue is is we think we can, We only have back to episode 34 in, yeah. in, in audio format somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Like we just don't have the ones before it's saved? They, were host, they weren't hosted on, our, on Amazon S3, which is where all the podcasts are hosted at now. And I don't know where they were. Where the files they, are they were hosted them. on a raid you had access to. Oh, no. <laughs> I've recovered all of Ryan's raids for him. I, don't I would bet if I really, really tried, I could go into my basement. Find no, the real you know reel that it saved you on You know what? I think I actually finally had PCs recycled and stuff, like had them. Remember, I, was always, I would always talk about in my office, there were always like my last four computers. Because when I upgrade i just build a new machine and put the other one so aside you're saying those files are on those systems they would in theory still be on those systems but i i i think you gave I me all the hard drives have, did i give you all of them? no i gave you some of them but some yeah hmm. those were hard drives that were like used for testing at some point that were no longer used i have for the, i have the velociraptors it's probably what you'd put in your system no i don't they would still be in the case oh i don't know well it's very forever. sad now they're lost if anybody has them feel free to send me a link yeah to them, I, can't PC per the I would love to hear the po- PC episode. per podcast number one again because listening to number thirty four sure. is kind of painful. I'm sure some people that listen to this are the kind of like archive nuts that kind of like had no, downloaded just you. like all of them. Like if you didn't have them, then <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, see, Who I never would that have been Lee, you and I. It, it, we have the it probably would, no, probably would have been just the three of us because I think it was yeah. just the three of us for a while. Uh, and Josh came on. Like in the 60s or 70s, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I thought it was earlier than that, but not maybe. Because I, I happened to listen to pod- – <clears throat> somebody sent, somebody asked for like – we want to find all the back episodes. YouTube only went back to like 130, yeah. I think. And I sent him a link to our Vimeo account, which Oops, had all the way back to 70, like 80 or 70 or something like that. Something, I and I happened to just – like I was we – we had just published episode 383. And so I – said, okay, I'm going to take off the three and do 083. What's on the 383rd podcast? And it was just me and Alan. <laughs> 83? 83. No. Well, what the heck were we talking about? Well, it was because it was it was over Christmas or Thanksgiving and everybody else was out occupied. And just you and I did a podcast. Yeah. And I would have been in Virginia. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So both of us were like... It was probably a riveting discussion of some sort. It's probably uh, the best episode. Probably the best hey. episode. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, we do record the show in live fashion on video at pcper.com slash live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Wednesdays. If uh, you need a gentle reminder for that, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe, which is this page here. Uh, and all it does is ask for your name and your email address. We send you notifications when we do live streams. Um, like, we're going to have one tomorrow, in fact, where we're going to, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but we're going to do a live stream, of, like a racing gaming live stream, where um, Josh runs around in circles around all of us. I attempt to drive backwards, backwards. and crash into yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I get mad at the games that don't. You'll only be that. able to drive slow and then try to intercept intercept somebody. That's fine. And, and screw them up. Can I go in reverse? No, you can't because it'll facing, it'll it'll right tell way. you no, no. Man, this is baloney. Anyway, that one's going to be um, uh, pretty cool because we're going to give away a racing wheel, right, Josh? Which one are we giving away? The yes, T-150? the uh, Thrustmaster T one hundred and fifty. Which I had uh, reviewed right. some months back. Yeah, it's a full 1080 degrees force feedback number, two hundred dollar piece of equipment. So it's nice. So right. Have a suicide knob on it so you can do that 1080 real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sweet. Yeah. So that'll be tomorrow. We'll send out an email about that sometime in the early afternoon to remind you this goal. The target is 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We really have to do that because I have to do something later in the evening. So 5.30 p.m. Eastern, pcpro.com slash live for that. And you have to be there live in order for your chance to win the racing wheel sponsored by Thrustmaster. So uh, other things of note, if you are just catching up, maybe you just got your paycheck in and you're like, you know what? I really love Ryan and Alan and Ken and... Sebastian and Josh and Jeremy and all the guys that contribute to PC Perspective. I wish I had a way to contribute. Well, we have that way. Just for mail you. me a check and I'll do not I'll mail a check to Ken. Do not do not do that. It will not go towards these funds. If you go to PC, or no, I'm sorry. If you go to Patreon.com/PCPer, we have a Patreon page, which is essentially if you don't know what Patreon is, it is a uh, online based system with which users can support content creators directly um, through monthly contributions. Uh, in our case, they're, they're monthly. Some places have it like per, per song or per video or whatever. Ours is a monthly contribution. And so we're going to our readers, to our viewers to say, hey, if you like what we're doing, if you, if you, if you like the podcast, if you like the live streams, if you like the articles we do, the news we post, uh, the technical analysis we do, uh, it is getting harder and harder and harder to fund an outlet with this many people involved, especially, that are frequently creating content based strictly on advertising and so we're going to our our readers and saying hey help us out uh we want to be able to continue to do this we don't want to have to uh go to third parties to to you know sell the website or to have other people managing advertising where maybe we have question questions about what they're doing and why they're doing it um and we also don't want to all work at AMD or NVIDIA or Intel uh, next week either. We like to do what we're doing, and we would like to have your support in doing it. So if you can afford to do so, it's not a requirement. We're not going to put the podcast behind a paywall. Um, but like, if you uh, can do $10 a month, you'll get access to the PC Perspective Mailbag Show when we actually start to make that uh, a day early before anyone else. So you can get all the questions in early. Uh, and listen to all our witty banter and discussion early as well. And we'll also actually take questions from patrons a little bit uh, ahead of time as well, ahead of uh, the general public, if you will. That's just one of the reward options for you. Uh, as we try to get to our milestone goals, uh, the next one of import would be you know to do that PC per mailbag show. So that would be neat for us. So again, patreon.com slash PC per. Thank you to anybody who's listening who has already contributed. Um, and uh, thank you to anybody who is going to or is considering to do so. Thanks, I guess. Thanks? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. y'all. All right, so let's get into the content for this week. Uh, Sebastian has a couple of stories. The first one we're going to talk about here, he has a synopsis for us, uh, ready for me since he's not on the show. This is the Scythe Ninja 4 SCNJ4000 CPU cooler, and it looks like that. What do you think? I don't, that, I don't see it. Nothing like you a ninja. That, oh, you're, you're listening on audio. No, it's a ninja. Oh, oh where, where, damn it. Where I missed it? the joke. I thought the joke was yeah, going the other way. No. Um, uh, 
Scythe is a company that's been around for a long time. You can kind of tell based on their logo. But regardless, they make good products. Obviously, the, the, the type here with the name Ninja. Look at that Ninja on that. That is nice. Uh, is, they're aiming it's intimidating. For it is. They're aiming for quiet yet deadly or high performance. And it's even got Look, a shirt. And you can on take top. that apart and make sure it can happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you took every fin, yeah, that's like a that's a lot of ammo. That's yeah, those are shurikens you could throw. That's a good value. You'd have to yeah. desolder. You think those are soldered together, right? You got to desolder yeah. all the heat pipes yeah, that go yeah, up through yeah. them. But I just use you know. a water cutter to be fine. Yeah, I see no problem with that. Um, so this is a relatively, I guess, moderate cost. It's a mid-range cost heatsink. It's fifty-two dollars. Um, uh, which is more than some of the other, like the really popular Cooler Master 212, but way less than some of the other like thermal right designs that have been out there. Um, this offers a lot of flexibility. You can see you can actually have the fan installed in all four sides of the heatsink. It's you know easy for you to like basically mount it and then decide where your fan goes later, so you don't huh. have to like remount uh, if you if you don't want to. Uh, it's got a ton of heat pipes going through that baby, and the fan is designed to be quiet. Um, Sebastian says that it is as close to silence as possible for an air cooler. It does co- see that screwdriver there. <laughs> it comes with that screwdriver. You're gonna need it. You're Sounds gonna need a it. Screwdriver. It, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I had the same wow. thing when I was installing that Noctua cooler today. It was like, okay, the installation process was as intelligently thought out as the cooling part of it, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, Actual noise with low fan speed setting is actually well below 33 dBA, which is actually Sebastian's noise floor for the sound level stuff that he was using. So if we go down here, there so you go. So it was just as quiet as the room he was in. Yeah, and and that's at the low setting. And on medium setting, it's the same thing. And at high, it's only like two-tenths of a Jeez. point higher. Yeah. All right, so even the Scythe Ninja 4 at high is significantly, not significantly, but is lower than the Corsair H100 GTX on quiet or the Noctua NHD14 SE at its quiet setting. Yep. Right, so that's, that's pretty impressive numbers. And uh, he does say that because of that, the noise level and the noise floor, that's, it broke his testing process, essentially. But in terms of performance, it's actually still pretty good. It's not the best cooler out there. Um, uh, like the EK XLC Predator 240 beats it, but that's a 240 millimeter like thick radiator with pump and all that stuff going on and then you know the only two things it's not 50 bucks either is it no it's that's definitely true the only two coolers that beat it are 240 millimeter radiators self-contained water coolers it's a 50 dollar cooler yeah uh Mm -hmm. 52.95 so yeah it's 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 pretty impressive right yeah very cool stuff Uh, so that's the side ninja four um i i I'm going to be honest with you. We've got an editor's choice from Sebastian here. I am, f- I don't want to say falling in love. That's a little extreme. Um, but I'm, I'm coming around back to the air cooler mentality of things for some reason. And away from the self-contained water. Yeah, and maybe it's because I build a lot of open bed, open test beds. Yep. And self-contained water coolers are not convenient for that form factor. Yeah, you got the you got things you know, hanging around. Hanging you want to move the them. Side. It's a pain in the ass. So with a, a a standard air cooler, you don't have that that problem. And so this would this would definitely have have fit that bill for me. So Sebastian really likes it. Uh, if you're interested in a cooler for your system, check that one out. Uh, next thing up, oh Logitech. This will be a short one as well. I did a short. 
not really a review, but more of an overview synopsis of the Logitech G502 Proteus Spectrum mouse. Um, the G502 has been around for a while, at least a year, maybe two years. Uh, it is a very, very popular mouse with gaming community. Uh, I think it was called the Pro- was it just Proteus Core or was it just Proteus before Proteus Core? Um, the mouse is essentially identical to that, the new one. The Spectrum, as you might imagine, adds the functionality of an integrated RGB logo and um, what do you call this? The DPI indicator lights on it now can be controlled through RGB. That weight system is kind of interesting. It, it, RGB. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about RGB at CES where everything has been RGBified. Yeah. And this is just another thing to be RGBified, honestly. Um, if you don't care about the RGB, like this, the, the core model of the G502 is like 15 bucks less, and it's, the identi- it's an identical mouse. Same sensor, same weighting system, same cabling, same whatever. Uh, and I would heartily recommend that as well. Um, you can see here, I mean, it's, it's a wired mouse, which I know some people swear by, some people hate uh, the pr- supposed latency or whatever involved in wireless mice. There's something there, but it's probably not a big deal. Um, but you can see in that container there, you've got some weights that you can add to the bottom of the mouse. Uh, I think they're 3.6 grams each. I think that's what they are. Yeah. Um, and you can add up to all of those five to the bottom of the mouse. Really easy to access. It's just a magnetic door on it. I put all of the weights in there. I like my mice to be heavy. Not when I'm gaming, but when I'm working over at my desk and I'm doing Photoshop work and I'm doing like productivity stuff, a heavy yeah. mouse for me feels better. Right? It's, it's, I'm less likely to over-mouse when I'm clicking something, I guess. Is one way to think about and it. And it won't move when you're clicking. And it, That's uh, true. You know, when you're doing very fine tuning on like crops and whatnot. It's more dampened. The extra weight is, is going to help you out there. Thank you. Plus it's risky And when you're out. correcting Ken, it helps as well. Thank you. Right. When you got to whip him with it. Yeah. Speaking of whipping somebody with it, it has a nice braided cord design. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be strong. Um, so there's two types of, of cord designs. You can have like a braided fabric uh, cord design like this, or you could have the uh, kind of the rubberized thing. And my mouse cords go over the back of a desk. And if that desk edge is kind of has any sharpness to it, the rubber seems to get caught for me and, you know, scuffs up or whatever. So I prefer the braided style here. You've got enough buttons, but not crazy amount of buttons, which some mice have. You know, if you've got 18, my, 18 buttons on the thumb of your mouse, that's a problem. Um, but it's got, you know, you've got your DPI resolution changes. You've got your forward and back kind of typical buttons as well. The uh, wheel can switch between free spin and click spin uh, with one of those buttons on there as well. And I, I think if for my hand size, which I consider to be average hand size. Um, you got nice cuticles too. I, no, I don't. I, I chew, I, I bite my cuticles. It's looking at my thumb. That's bad. That's not nice. That's, That's I'm, nasty. I'm moving that on. Um, you gave me the hiv <laughs> with that picture. Uh, it is a very comfortable mouse. It, it works fantastically. I, I'm, this, is, I, this is the one I put on the gaming rig. <clears throat> the five, G502 is what I put on my system as well. Uh, it's just the one that I am most comfortable with. There's a lot of personal preference involved in picking your mouse. Uh, and you can see the RGB capability there. Um, and you can go through it and change all the settings here. You can do different lighting effects, breathing or rotating through the different um, um, colors. You can. Is there an off? There is, yes, there's an okay. off. Uh, you can also sync it with your keyboard, right? So the keyboard and mouse and even your head, headset. Do the same color. Be the same color. You can only adjust it one place. Now, to be honest, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. 
This, be honest with us. This change. mouse L- RGB location, not ideal. Where is it? Underneath your hand. Oh, underneath like your yeah. Palm. See that logo right there? Oh, you're covering it up. You cover it up when you're using the mouse. Yeah, but isn't it going to be kind of like the car with the neon lights underneath? Yeah, does it glow underneath? You're going to get that glow and then underneath not the my direct hand light. or like on the bottom of the mouse. Yeah, no, it does not. And that's something that was interesting because hmm. what's the other mouse Ken that we have back there? Like a three hundred three. Yeah, I think it's a G three hundred three Daedalus or something like that. Daedalus. 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 Thank you. Um, that has like lights that kind of emanate out the sides. Yeah. Of it, right? And that one doesn't do it. And this one doesn't do it because they were they basically knew that everybody liked the G five hundred two as it was. They didn't want to screw with the design at all. Huh. They already the G five hundred two has a normal LED on it, a single color LED. Yeah. There, so they just made it RGB essentially. Uh, Seventy nine dollars for the RGB model. Sixty six dollars if you want the core model. And like I said, I. I have no problem with people going with the core model because the RGB is kind of hidden. But if you're just like if you're just the kind of person that likes it all to match, <laughs> you can do that now if you want to do it. So that's the uh, Logitech G502. Um, what else we got here? Oh, another Sebastian review. You should have Sebastian on this podcast every once in a while, probably. You should. He's a nice young man. Yeah. I think that might be stretching it a little bit, Josh. Okay, he's an adequate young man. Yeah, adequate seems like what I would use to describe. He he has nice hygiene. He's well-focused. He's a snappy Uh, dresser. He he showers every day, unlike Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Once a week, whether I need it or not. Uh, At at CES, um, what did Corsair launch? The 400? Mm -hmm. Was that what it was? The Carbide 400C or... Was it Q and C? C. Yeah. Q for quiet and C for see-through. It has a window. (laughs) I know. Uh, So um, those are just launching. We're getting some of those in, but uh, Sebastian did post his review of the Carbide Series 600Q quiet full tower enclosure. And I like the way this one looks a lot. Um, It's very kind of... Monolithic? uh, Yeah, monolithic, matte. You know, like Scandinavian, M-A-T-T-E, Scandinavian in nature. Uh, I like the very kind of um, uh, muted logo in the bottom right-hand corner. It doesn't come out and, and smack you in the face with it being a, uh, an enthusiast case. But this is the most inter- interesting part about it is that it is inverted. Yep. Um, everything is upside down. We didn't post that image incorrectly. Uh, it's larger than it looks in photos, Sebastian points out. It is a full tower design. And I agree. When you look at this picture, it kind of looks like a... Like a micro ATX chassis, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also note the IKEA furniture with the perfect um, depth of field in the background there. Yes, very nice. Um, but it is an inverted case. Uh, lots of capabilities and features in here. You do still have two five and a quarter inch drive bays, Josh, so you can you can be happy mm-hmm. about your optical media. Uh, but I mean, like the front of it, it just like if I saw that picture, I'd think it might have been a refrigerator <laughs> with like the freezer up top, you know, type of thing. Um, like I said, I like the placement of the logo. You've got USB 3, two USB 3.0 and 2.0 ports on it. You've got a three-speed integrated fan controller on it. Uh, there's your two drive bays um, hidden away from view. And again, the, the kind of inverted parts here because of the, uh, the case interior. Uh, the, the Q model has this um, uh, noise-dampening material on the sides, the top and the bottom. You can see it here. Uh, and it does a it does a pretty good job of, of of lowering noise. The C model has a window on uh, the main side, so no need for 
noise dampening material because you're going to have this acrylic window. Anyway, um, fairly nice design, like the standard Corsair features that you're used to seeing, rubber grommets, all that type of stuff. Uh, Sebastian says it has excellent build quality, and it is the quietest case tested with his current review hardware. And that doesn't cover all of the cases that he's ever reviewed for us, but since he has um, switched over to the new review hardware set uh, several months back, this is the quietest case that he's used uh, thus far. Feels a little high for the pricing on this, $149.99, but could be worth it, he says, if you you know, are really adamant about the silence part of this design. I Something just feels off about inverted systems to me, but, I mean, there you go. It's in there. Everything works upside down. As far as I know, electric still travels up as well as down when necessary and vice case versa. case at home is inverted. It's is fine. it? Yeah. yeah. You have anything to worry about with water cooling stuff? No. No. It was a water cooling case. Yeah. It worked okay. just fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can see he went through all the fan control software here. That all works. And then if we look at performance, you can look at CPU temperatures uh, with his with his setup, uh, CPU temperatures or GPU temperatures. Um, and it does include an extra 140 millimeter fan, which is nice. And I always, your noise I always like the inverted case because you can see like the GPU, like you can see the top. Like you're looking Correct. at the top down from the yeah, side. Yeah, you don't have to worry about what the back plate is. So yeah, yeah, if you look at this picture, you will see the top of his 290X graphics card there. Yep. Um, as opposed to depending on that company to put a relatively interesting looking back plate on it. So that light just got brighter for no reason. Yeah, that light has issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't look at it. It won't look at you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so like I said, that is the Corsair... As he scrolls back up to the top, Carbide Series, 600Q case. Uh, that review is up on uh, the website right now. Ken posted a story, everybody. Ken. Dell Inspiron 15 7000 Series, a specific model, 7559. Portable gaming on a budget. Ken, tell me all about this case. Case? Or the laptop, whichever one we're talking about right now. What's interesting about this laptop? Do you like video games? Yes. How often do you play video games? Not as much as I'd like. He plays so you shouldn't buy a $3,000 gaming laptop. That's Yes, I'm definitely a person that should not buy a $3,000 gaming laptop. Could I interest you in an $800 laptop that also works well as a laptop and gets six hours of battery life? Wait a minute. An $800 laptop that also works well as a laptop? Well, gaming, gaming laptops laptop. don't work well as laptops. Yeah, oh, gaming well, you just said laptop that works well as a laptop. laptop. Gaming. So it confused me. I needed to call you on that because I have a small uh, small ego and I need to pad it with putting down others. <laughs> oh, my God. This explains so much of Josh's life. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. So this is an $800 gaming, gaming laptop. laptop. That is just a laptop that happens to game, I guess, is the way we would word this. So it's a Skylake processor. It's a quad-core, non-hyper-threaded processor, which is unique. I haven't seen a system with this yet. Others exist, but I haven't seen any or used any. Um, It is, what's the screen size on this, 15-inch? Yeah. It's a 15.6-inch, 1080p, matte finish screen. The keyboard and trackpad are okay. They're decent. They're not fantastic, but they're not awful. Um 
build, quali- build quality is good. It is a backlit keyboard. Ken is concerned about the hinges that we're showing there on the screen. Um, and why is that, Ken? They just kind of feel like they're going to break in 18 months. I can't quite des- describe the exact sensation, but they feel kind of loose already to begin with. And yeah. that they, they're very tiny. You know, on a lot of modern laptops, you see bigger hinges because when they make it bigger, it's less... It, it's huh. not as likely to fail. Okay. Essentially, okay. I, it, it it seems like the same sort of hinge design we've seen on cheaper Inspiron laptops for the past five years, and there have been a lot of issues with hinges right. on cheaper laptops that you see. Fair enough. Um, Wonder why they went quad core instead of like dual core hyper threaded. Like, so I mean, you get a little bit more performance out of it. Yeah. Right. But you're also drawing more power, which seems yeah. So I'm, I'm, I imagine what they're doing is they're balancing the gaming performance laptop versus the productivity performance laptop part okay. of it, right? So things like it has eight gigs of memory, but it only has one DIMM slot populated. Mm. It has a one terabyte hybrid hard drive. Um, Seagate, no doubt. Uh, Looks I like it. Remember? Oh, Send okay, okay. Um, a GTX 960M with four gigs of memory, for example, seven ninety nine. A good price. The, the cool thing is, is there's only one screw to take out, and you can take off the whole bottom of the Which laptop. Which is good because that's where the battery's hidden. Yeah, the seventy four watt hour battery. It's a sizable battery. Uh, you can see the one free dim slot there. So if you want to make it sixteen gigs of memory, you can just buy eight gig dim from Newegg or Amazon or whatever and plop it in there. That's nice. Uh, you can replace the two and a half inch drive if you want. Oop. Where's that? Where's that? It's all the way over. All the way. You can replace this two and a half inch drive way. if you want. Whoa. All right. That's a giant hard drive. It's a giant hybrid. Giant hybrid hard drive. Or where? Do, where's this part at? There it is. You what? can add an M.2 SSD if Ooh. you want. Uh, what type of M.2 SSD? So that's I, we're not sure to be honest with you. Um, M SATA is, or I'm sorry, M.2 SATA. SATA. SATA is the safe bet. It's keyed to support PCIe. It didn't seem to work initially. I didn't look yeah. very far into it. When it. Put well, there was PCIe a commenter on YouTube that said they tried, they have one of these, they tried a PCIe SSD and it didn't work as well. I don't know which one they tried. Which one did we try? 950? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's an NVMe. Shouldn't it shouldn't matter. matter. Oh, if really? If it's not the boot drive, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. As long as you're not trying to boot off of it. As long as you're oh, okay. in Windows, you should be able to view it. I would, I would have liked device. to have tried an older PCIe M.2, one of the one of the older Samsungs or something like that. But, but I mean... Yeah, so in theory, it sh- it might work, uh, and it maybe needs a BIOS update or something to support those. Uh, but the option is there for you to put a SATA M.2, and and that's one of the reasons why the performance or the cost is so cheap on this is they kind of they went with bare minimum parts. Yep. But it's still pretty good. Like you have eight gigs, but it's single channel. I saw some people asking about that. I mean, it doesn't you, really you affect a, performance. You get an M.2 SATA SSD for pretty cheap, and throw like a two terabyte just regular. Yeah. Laptop hard drive. Yeah, in there. you could do that, or you could just get like a 500, plop it in there, make that your main drive, keep the one terabyte as your data drive. Yep. Um, and so for the 799 start price, you get the options and the flexibility down the road if you want to do that. CPU performance is really really good uh, because it's quad core, na- like full quad core, without requiring hyperthreading to get the, f- the four threads on there. Um, mm-hmm. You get performance way better than any other Skylake parts that we've had, and any of the um, Broadwell based notebooks that we've tested that were all dual-core hyper-threaded. Makes sense. Quad-core is going to be faster than dual-core hyper-threaded. Yep. That just kind of goes without saying. Uh, and it is kind of, it's interesting, uh, like in Handbrake, it's actually a little bit faster 
um, than the MSI GS30, which used a Core i7-4870HQ, which was a quad-core hyper-threaded Haswell Higher part. clocked as well. And with the higher clocks. Huh. Right? Now, it might have been throttling down some because of its thermal solution, but that's like what you get when you get a kind of a modest form factor um, notebook there. Now, in terms of gaming, that's a 1080p screen. It's a 960M GPU. So you're not going to run everything maxed out, but we were able to play uh, Battlefield 4 1080p at high preset, Crisis 3 at 1080p, medium preset, GTA 5 1080p at high-ish preset, and all hovering around 50 frames per second on that. You know, if you drop down your image quality settings, you can get that frame rate up there higher into the 60 range. If you want to kind of max out the uh, refresh rate of the display, you can do that. Um, so, Good graphics, good gaming performance, not awesome gaming performance, um, but for the price, for the package, for the trade-offs, it's actually pretty good. Battery life we tested at 5.8 hours. So, you know, it's not an all-day user for productivity. Yeah. But if you take it if you if you're if you're a student and you're leaving your dorm room, uh, and you take it with you and you have two classes you want to go take notes at, you don't have to worry about taking your power adapter with you. Most other gaming notebooks, you're going to have to worry about taking your power adapter with you. right? Uh, so that's that's a pretty big advantage for people there. $7.99, um, Ken did find a configuration on Amazon for the same $7.99 that actually swaps the one terabyte hybrid drive for a 256 gig SSD. We don't know if that's an M.2 or 2.5 inch. Yeah, no way to know. We do not know. Okay. Uh, and didn't it do something else? Or is that the only swap the only that it thing. made? Um, Dell offers other options. I think it's $200 more if you want to get the 4K touchscreen. And then $100 above that if you want to get... Uh, the higher... The i7. The Core i7 versus the Core yeah, i5 4K, part. 4K might not be a good idea given the GPU Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? You're, you're probably going to you're gonna have to turn the resolution down to 1080p to game anyway. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother with that. This is this is going to be, I think, for the first half of the year, a fantastic selling notebook for people that like. Hey, look, I got to get through school. I want to play some games. Boom, done. Eight hundred bucks out the door. Got to play my Dota. Got to play. Got to play so much my Dota. League. Josh has got to play so much Dota in his in his lull, if you would, if you could, right? No, no. World of Warships is about what I'm doing right now. It's about what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. Right now, literally. Is that on the other monitor where we don't see? What? Is that on the other monitor we don't see, Josh? Yeah, he's just got it running all the time. (laughs) Don't tell Ryan. Uh, So that's the Dell Inspiron 15 7000 series. The specific model we reviewed is the 7559. So you can check out that review up on the website as well. Uh, We don't have a sponsor for today's podcast, but we do have a sponsor for today's podcast. Think about it. Uh, okay. Think about it. Think about it. EVGA is uh, uh, hosting a contest on PCPer.com for the next seven days or so. We'll announce the winner at the next podcast, or the winners will be up on the website at the next podcast, where we are giving away, the, with the thanks to EVGA, one EVGA 750G2 power supply, MSRP $125. One EVGA Z170 FTW motherboard, MSRP $189. <laughs> One EVGA GTX 970 SSC Gaming ACX 2.0 Plus, $349 MSRP. Uh, we're going to draw three winners, one for each prize. Uh, we'll ship anywhere in the world. No restrictions on locale. Uh, they were just kind enough to donate these hard, these prizes to us to give away to 
readers of the site, viewers of the YouTube channel, um, that type of stuff. And we're not requiring you to s- sign up to Patreon to win. But the link is in there if you want to. We're just saying. Highly encouraged. It was interesting because like we're according to the Patreon rules, we're not allowed to give people entries into contests right. in, so, in order to, you know, uh, in, as a reward for supporting the Patreon. But there's nothing that says we can't use contests to ask people to support the Patreon indis- you know, like yeah. completely, right? So that's what we're doing. Uh, we're going to get some prizes from various people and sponsors uh, to help us with that drive as well. Uh, and you can enter by um, uh, signing up for the newsletter, subscribing to a YouTube channel, following us on Twitch, following us on Twitter, that type of thing as well. So just go to the homepage, look for the EVGA Winter 2016 Prize Pack and Giveaway link. And uh, that's uh, that's what we're looking for. That's what you're looking for, and we're looking forward to giving it away to you. Josh, I want to ask you something. No, Ken, I'm going to ask you something. Okay. <laughs> uh, Josh, tell me, GDDR GDDR5 X memory standard gets official with JDAC. Yep. Do we know anything else about this from this release that's interesting at all? Well, it doubles the size of the prefetch. <clears throat> so basically, when it goes out there, it says instead of grabbing 32 bytes, I'm going to grab 64 and I'm going to pull it. But it's still a same size bus and it still runs about the same megahertz, but they're claiming that it's going to be double the bandwidth. Now, it's, it's doubling the size of the prefetch grabs, but is it really doubling the bandwidth? And not only that... <clears throat> But you have to revise the the memory controller on the GPU or, or whatever you're using to be able to handle this. And so that's really the only thing that they say is, is different. Now, they say the initial target is, you know, 10 to 12 gigabit per second per pin, I think. Per pin? Is it? Anyway. Yes. Um, with, you know, a potential of 16. And... We just don't have enough information because I know you've talked to, like, Joe Macri, and he was kind of unenthused about it. He's like, nah, 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 it's a small advancement. Right. You know, maybe maybe he probably said more intelligent things than I just did, which I'm betting on. But uh, Likely. Yeah. It, it's not, it's it not seems hard to like up it's, a rah, 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 it's rah. an advanced, and it's going to take... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's going to take some redesign. It's going to take some work on AMD and NVIDIA's part to uh, to make this happen. And I'm just real curious if, if they're going to see the kind of payback in terms of performance that they're willing to invest that design time in and all the verification. Because you know the difference between, you know, and when they first started uh, supporting GDDR5 and then NVIDIA when they came out and how much extra work NVIDIA did to get their speeds up from, what, 5 gigahertz effective to 7 gigahertz effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a significant amount of of engineering and uh, and a a much larger memory controller to to get that to do effectively. And I just kind of wonder what the actual payoff for these guys are. Uh, to to redevelop and and add this support into their current memory controllers and the next generation memory controllers to handle GDDR five X. Yeah, do you guys think? I don't. I, I I kind of agree. I don't. Like I said, 
the lack of enthusiasm I have seen and heard in discussions with people, uh, engineers at both NVIDIA and AMD about the topic, leads me to believe that it's either not that big of a deal or it's so complicated and different to uh, integrate that they're just, they just don't want to do it. I don't think it's insanely complex. Um, you know, they're really smart guys. I think just maybe the benefit-cost-to-benefit ratio might just be off for it. But, I, you know, it's still possible that we'll see maybe a Polaris parts use And it, how many other people are going to be producing this? Is it just Micron? I don't know the answer to that. Okay, maybe because you, you really have to kind of ask yourself, only one group that is producing that, would you want to kind of put all your eggs in, in one basket? And it's like, right. hey... I'm, I'm, I've redesigned my controller. I've, I've got my top to bottom, well, maybe top to mid-range, doing GDDR5X, and you know, top end of course is HBM2, and, and but yeah, suddenly they can't supply enough. You're not going to sell enough video cards. You right. can't go to Elpida. You can't go to anybody else for for memory. Or you tie up all of the supply for the other guy. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Just, just out of spite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We implemented it just so you can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we'll know more um, by mid this year whether or not anybody's going to use this. I mean, I, I know for sure we'll know by the mid this year if anybody's going to integrate this. Um, I just know that the kind of hyperbole of this slide is exaggerated, right? Like, if it were really doubling the throughput of GDDR5. Everybody that everybody would be, would be signing yeah, on. They'd be jumping on. They'd board. call it GDDR6. Yeah, yeah, and also they wouldn't. It wouldn't just be GDDR5X. So uh, interesting, and uh, we'll be following it regardless. Um, Jeremy, do you know anything about this report of Intel's Tiger Lake? Apparently, the company's third 10 nanometer CPU that will be following up all the other stuff that we've seen. Right? Well, I and don't know why you'd build a cannon out of ice to fire tigers at a lake, but that's what Intel's doing. Yeah. There, there's some really interesting things coming out of this. One, uh, to get the bad news out of the way, this does sort of look like we're seeing a slowdown from Intel. The two-year manufacturing pace is going to be slowing down because, you know, competition, not quite there. On the other hand, instead of getting two 10 nanometer uh Sorry, two processor builds on the 10 nanometer node. We're getting three. So we're going to see Canon Lake come out uh, relatively soon, we hope, which will immediately be followed by Ice Lake. And Hmm. Tiger Lake, they're saying about 2019-ish. We'll we'll sort of see if if they keep up with that. But it's sort of nice to see uh, another three processor architectures coming off of this single node, especially since 7 nanometer is going to be uh, it's going to be a real bitch, and they're not even saying second half of 2020 at the earliest. Uh, and when Intel's saying at the earliest, you know, they're obviously not pushing hard at it, so it's, I, I don't think it's going to be 2020, it's going to be a couple years after that. It's Hard to say exactly what this is going to give us, um, apart from you know much better heat perfor- heat to power performance. We don't have a lot of details on it, but it's going to be nice to see. And I wish that they'd made those slides bigger because they're really hard to read. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Expect twenty eighteen ish. 
uh, to start to see Cannon Lake coming out 2019-ish for uh, Ice Lake, and then, well, well, we'll see when Tiger Lake comes out. It's disappointing to see uh, the TikTok relegated to yeah. TikTok or TikTok talk. I can never remember which is which in this case, but it does kind of make sense. I think it is two factors, right? As you mentioned, it's it's definitely lack of competition, and it's also probably a complication of technology. If there was strong competition, would they probably put more resources into it to figure out the technology technological um, issues and maybe be willing to uh, lose some more profit margin at the expense of figuring out those issues? I think the answer is yes. Absolutely. And um, especially considering, as you were saying at the beginning, they're branching out into drones and bicycles and you know trying to slap their Edison processor and everything. Right. I think you're going to see these really small process nodes being used for that ultra, ultra, ultra low power computing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be kind of neat to see over the next couple of years exactly what Intel sort of does to try and pick some new competition, pick new market segments to break into, and then watch them lay waste to the competition as they usually do because they got some really deep pockets. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, let's go. Let's talk about the other side of the, of the coin here. AMD apparently showed off the probably we thought it had all been forgotten about dual Fiji graphics card. So this is dual Fiji on one card graphics card uh, that doesn't really have a name, but I have named the AMD Radeon Fury X2. Um, is apparently still alive and well, or at least alive. Um, they it was This picture posted on Twitter by Antal, who is uh, one of the PR guys over at AMD, with the text prototype Tiki from Falcon Northwest powering HTC Vive with dual Fiji AMD Radeon, and it was confirmed that this is a dual, not two cards in a system, but one card with two GPUs on a system, and it likely still looks like that. They put it in a case. That's like when they had that Nano in a case. Yeah. They're like, can I can I just look in the... No. No, you I can't cannot. look in the case. No. But trust us, it's in there. Um, so why is this important? Uh, basically, so if you remember this product, um, it was shown for the first time in June... Yes. 2015. And in the June... it's already out, right? Oh, yeah. No. That's what they told us. In June, they promised it would be out in... What did they say? October? Yeah. What did I say here? Of this year? Fall, I think. Fall? Is that what they said? This year? No. Uh, Let's see. Promised promised it to the enthusiast market by, quote, fall of 2015. Oh. And then back in October, we had a news post about hints that the card might be coming soon because it had shipping manifests that had leaked with, like, listing of the part uh, Gemini. Is it Gemini? Yeah. Well. I thought Gemini was the NVIDIA one. No. No? Okay. Whatever it was, like, the code name for the product was showing up and these manifests. We thought, oh, you know, we're actually getting close to it now. Um and then, you know, nobody hears anything. It turns out there's not a huge demand for this type of performance yet. I think there, there's more than maybe they, they'd like to admit. Um, but they're showing it at the VRLA show, which is a VR kind of public demonstration exhibitors type thing um, in Los Angeles area. And they were showing it with that, which gives credence to the thought that AMD is going to kind of retarget this part as, hey, this is the card for VR. The best performance card for VR. It it can make sense. 
Right? The the idea is... What makes this card so special, specifically for VR? Just because it's two GPUs. One GPU per eye. Yes. But you can't do that with two physical Well, GPUs. you could. Sure, 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 you could. Yeah. But, like, form factor-wise, like... But if you want a card that is the best for VR, they could make the argument that this is it. I mean, they could also argue that that's, that's like, the best card for everything. Uh, you are not incorrect. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll. Yes, exactly. I'm sure they'll make that. If that you want, like, clear. The, a card performance, like, sure. <laughs> if you want a card that is kind of fast, sometimes, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, and I've, I've been having some interesting discussions with parties on both sides here about like, what are the positives and the negatives to multi GPU in a VR environment? Because you still have the debate of you call latency potentially. Multi GPU adds latency. Yeah. But there are ways around that. Sure. And I, they're talking a little bit about it that I'm not allowed to talk about yet in terms of what the software and hardware technology is changing to allow for that. Because mm-hmm. you just you have to fundamentally change the architecture if you want to have non-additional latency. Like you know, I can I can kind of see how this works because go for <clears throat> and I'm maybe I can talk about this and theorize because you talk to me. You've about got it. two different viewports. And you've got a scene with geometry and all those things about it. You you send that same setup to both, except of course you move Have the perspective yeah. for a couple of degrees for one eye versus the other. So your geometry setup and all of that is the same. It's just rendering the pixels that's going to be given to each one, and you can keep those two in sync. You don't have to do one then the other, one and the other, one and the other. It's it's. That is true. Yeah, you a- could actually AFR, do you just the do one API GPU per to eye. Do the same scene, but yeah, it's yeah. it's you rotate a couple of degrees for one. So mm-hmm. I I can see in software. Yeah, how it, would traditional work. AFR won't be a big benefit to VR. Traditional alternate frame rendering, right, is where you're kind of yeah. you run into the latency and pacing yeah. issues. Yep. Right. And frame consistency is way more important with VR than it was in art gaming. And we saw how important it was to art gaming, like normal LCD panel. But if you're just rendering two scenes from two different point of views simultaneously... But they have the same scene, just two different... It's from two different viewpoints. Yeah, it's from two different uh, viewpoints. Yeah, but they have to be... You still have timing issues, right? You still have... I mean, timing issues wouldn't be as bad because you have... Two GPUs doing each each doing the same thing. It Almost take, the same thing, but it should take all like the same amount of time. Is my point? I um, mean, you could see how one viewport might be able to see something the other one can't. Obviously, it can, and that sure. Start yeah, but to you've got so things. many hidden surfaces anyway, and they've got you know they've got yeah things to take those hidden surfaces, but you don't really have to in in certain of these uh, applications. Yeah, and that leads to the question: Is there an inherent benefit running it off of the same PCB, the same memory pool, as composed to over an SLI or a Crossfire connection? Well, you can see that if they were you still actually don't have sh- the same memory pool. Yeah, well, those cards are going to have those. But, those GPUs true, have two different. But, memory but what pools. if they could? What if they were shared? Uh, what if you had a shared or some portion of it shared? Yeah, but how do you do that with HBM? Yeah, HSA H- dog. Yeah, HSA. Yeah. Oh man. oh man, you've got a flat address space. What if you, you have, have? Yeah. What if you have same damn thing as two processors sharing a memory? An interposer, yeah. the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> okay. Oh, so this isn't going to be a nano. And then. then you put four p- 
pull oh, back in the day. on it and then one pool of memory. Oh, you're talking everything on one big interposer. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, if we could make cool. one. Make an interposer the size of a dinner plate. How quickly Mori would crack that. Yeah, well. He doesn't have to though somebody else install a heatsink on it, it won't be Mori. Okay. Um so that's anyway. That's a long-winded way of saying what we what some some people saw at the VRLA show. But it's interesting to talk about, and I think we'll know more soon. When's GDC? Wink, wink. Late March, mid March. Uh, well, early. I think it's mid March. The fourteenth, the seventeenth. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you if you think about AMD, is probably going to launch graphics cards in the second half of the year. They kind of got to push this one through. Yeah, if they're going to launch this card at all, this has yeah, to be. Yeah, if they're going to if they're going to yeah, start at the high end, right. at least with the new R. But they could still, but they could still release this as not a VR specific card. They like could. if the software and the architecture is not there to really promote multi GPU for VR, which it isn't yeah. yet. It's not there yet. It's really not. Um, but yeah. Anyway, cool nonetheless. What else is interesting is the new Z- NZXT Manta Mini ITX chassis. Um. Is um, Aquaman bring this into life? It's so odd. It's, well, it's kind of weird. This picture, like, if you look at this photo that we're, you know, and if you're not, if you listen to the podcast, I think my cat kind of spit up something like it's that. Very, it's a fisheye lens. Uh, it looks like a, yeah, you're right. It looks like a, a fake photo. Right? It's organic. It looks like they shot it with a fisheye. It looks like they shot it with a fisheye. Here's an exploded view. And it looks a little bit less fisheye there, uh, but this is actually really cool. So this, so keep in mind, this is a mini ITX chassis. This is built for mini ITX motherboards, and on the front panel of it, you have like the mesh front. You have a what I assume is an air filter there. Oops, uh, an air filter, uh, and then you have two fans. Uh, uh, I think a two forty red. It's just a support. Oh, okay, which it needs. Damn it. Yeah. Okay, maybe the filters in the front part. There's got to be a yeah. filter there. Yeah, uh, you got. Two uh, 120-millimeter fans, a radiator, and then two more 120-millimeter fans all in the front. And up top, you have room for another radiator, two fans, and the cover grill. Then you've got a fan on the back. And that's this. like I said, this is a mini, AT, mini ITX chassis. Um, can you even make that much heat out of what you can plug into a mini <laughs> ITX machine? Yeah. It's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good question. I mean... Supports up to 280-millimeter in the front. Get 280 that VGX, too. Yeah. yeah 280-millimeter yeah. up top and a 120 in the back. It has uh, three two and a half inch bays to three and a half inch bays, um, and and this is a picture of the 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 front to top. Yeah, is that right? Uh huh. Yeah, that's the front. Like it's it's bul- bulbous? bulbous. Is that a is that a is that a is that a, is that a you know yeah. front view? It's a uh, guppy. It's, it's curved. It's so it looks weird. like my last cod piece. I don't know what to say about that. But you definitely want to make sure it's got positive pressure; it will implode. It, it, like uh, what, what, what was it? Xbox called their system design the, the inhale. inhale. This is the exhale. This is a belch. Yep. Yeah. This it's, is oh god! I ate a lot. It's so of chili. weird. It's one hundred thirty-nine dollars. It's going to be available in February. It's up for pre-order now. Um, I, I think it's an interesting design. Like I'm all about like unique case designs because cases tend to be boring um and this could be really cool looking in person it seems a little bit big for mini itx form factor like, really, there's no reason this shouldn't be a micro atx at least chassis do you really need like double 240 rads with like quad fans on one of them for 
I'm just still baffled by the need for that much cooling in on a I don't I don't machine. disagree. So even if like your CPU cooler is using 280 and your GPU is using a 280, that's essentially what you're asking for here. I guess. Right? That's that's what you're that's what you're doing. And it's on a mini ITX platform which and you, you build you a mini ITX on Furies in there. But but you can only nanos. fit one. You can only yeah. fit one cuz it's mini ITX. Yeah. Nano will be just fine in there. It'd be running full speed. We buy that EK water block with the Nano. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I, it's it's a weird case. Um, uh, I think Hardware Connects has a review up of it already. They're gonna uh, NZXT is gonna send us one for review. So Sebastian, prepare yourself. Um, it, it's it's in an interesting spot because it's almost as big as like some sizable mi- um, micro ATX cases, right? In terms of yeah, nine point six, sixteen seven by seventeen point seven in your funny measurements. It's bigger than some micro it's ATX big. cases. Is it? Yeah. I think it's bigger than one of NZXT's own micro ATX cases. I'd be curious to see mine. people who like this explain why. Like, why do you want a mini ITX case that's bigger? Right? Yeah. If you want a mini ITX case that's bigger, get a micro or a full size ATX case. Because they like big, beautiful, wide cases. <laughs> and, and you know what? There's something for everybody out there. Like your there? cases, like you like your women? There's something yep. for everybody Bulbous. out there. Bulbous. Uh, we're going to end our show with our picks of the week. Before we get to that, one quick reminder again of our racing PC per racing stream that will be tomorrow, uh, January 28th at 5.30 Eastern Time. We'll be giving away this device here, the Thrustmaster T150 racing wheel and pedals set. Even though it says PlayStation on the thing there, it will work with the PC. It most certainly does. Yeah. Uh, MSRP of one ninety nine. We're going to give that away during the live stream. Uh, we plan on playing, apparently, according to Josh's post here, Dirt Rally, Project Cars, and Assetto Corsa. Yeah, maybe. I've never played that one. <clears throat> yeah, it's apparently quite good. And uh, if if there's enough, then maybe we'll just you know get some Dirt Three in there, since pretty much everybody owns that title. It's true. And uh, get some, yeah. get some people racing around, do some stages, a little uh, rally cross. King Kukaloo says he wants it. Just give it to him now. Sorry, no. You have to come to the nope. live stream tomorrow. Well, he keeps wanting to win the car. This oh, that's like right. He car. is winning the car. This is close to winning the car. Well, it's the it first is. piece. Well, eventually, the contest for the car is still ongoing. So that this is kind of like a sub-contest. I think it's only for Patreon subscribers. The car, the car contest is only for Patreon <laughs> supporters. <laughs> for sure. Um, so our thanks to Thrustmaster for supporting us with that, and we'll uh, we'll have Josh. You actually have that in hand, is that correct? I do. So yeah. as soon as we get a winner, I will post some uh, postage on it kick and butt. kick yeah. it out the door. But like it's coming from Wyoming, so it'll probably take two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah at least because yeah. it's got to be packed out on mule. <laughs> then I'll get stuck on a snowbank. Yeah. Oh man, it is winter time. So uh, before we get our picks of the week, thanks to. Uh, Porcelain Head, who uh, contributed to our Patreon while we were doing the show. All right. I just wanted to pick one that came in. So thank you, sir, for contributing. I'm sure it was during one of Josh's monologues that you did so. Probably. As well. You poor, poor man. He's probably like, I will contribute if you shut him up. Make it stop. No, they're just other tab. Okay. Ignore Josh. (laughs) Oh, Patreon. Uh, Next week, we'll have, uh, Alan will have an interesting project to talk about. I will. Uh, involving multiple M.2 950 SSDs. Yep. And what else will we have to talk about next week? We'll be ready to talk about uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider benchmarks. And uh, we're planning something really cool. 
I think we should talk about that after the stream. After the stream? stream. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Yeah. For people who are watching live. This is why you got to watch live. We talked about got to watch live show. live. Secrets. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, we'll post the live. We could post the post lives to the Patreon after each week if we keep recording it. Yeah. That sounds like a thing we can do. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get on to our picks of the week, guys, here. Mine is this little guy, the FLIR 1 Thermal Imager. Mm, should have grabbed it. Uh, it's in my ba- yeah. It's whatever. It's really small. It's, it's it's like this picture shows. It's small. This is a a thermal imaging camera for iOS. They sell one for Android devices as well. Essentially, it's just it, you have a lightning connector or a, a micro USB connector. Uh, the app works the same. So the FLIR One displays live thermal infrared imagery using the FLIR One iPhone app. Um, it has two cameras on it. It has two. Uh, you can see here. Uh, one of them is infrared. One of them is standard. It's just like a regular cell phone camera. Yeah, and it, what yeah. it does is it overlays the uh, the standard camera image over the infrared image mm-hmm. with an outline kind of filter on it, like yep. a helps you get an idea of like it shows you some structure behind what you are looking at on the thermal. You know imaging. that Photoshop filter that made it look like it's a pencil sketch. Yeah, like it basically yep. does that. It's like artificial sharpening on top of the thermal. Yeah, image. it yeah. does that to like the the regular image it takes, and then overlays that. Do you you should pull up some of the sample pictures from Twitter that you posted? Yeah, you posted a few pictures. On oh, Twitter. did I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did I do that? Did I? Did do I do that? that? Yeah. Um. So here's here's this question for you guys. <clears throat> so, I'm, I'm you listening. can't get IR images through glass. So what do they use as a lens on that product? Plastic. It's no. it's not. A glass thing on the front of the IR camera. It is a lens, though. Uh, you, you, you told me, and I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about it. Uh, is it your butt? No, it's not my butt. <laughs> oh, tell me what it is. Something that doesn't I, reflect. I think infrared. it's galenium. Mm. Oh, no wonder it costs so much. Uh, it is a $250 device. Yeah. Um, it takes you, lets you take cool pictures like this, though. So here's a GTX 980 running on our old GPU test bed. Um, and you can see, I actually like the fact that you can see the outline of the Bioshock poster in the background as well, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Um, and so it adjusts uh, the range of colors based on some different options you can set, you know, and it changes based on what is, what is you know, in, actually in the image. Yep. So this is the uh, GTX 980 in there. Uh, this is the same GTX 980 looking at it from the top, so you can see the SLI connectors in there. White is the hottest area there. You can see it was up to 149 degrees. That's hot. It's hot on that. This is the thing that Alan's working on. This is the triple M.2 SSD project Yep. working there. Um, yeah. Working its butt off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, at that, look how hot that controller is. 180 degrees on there. That was without fan on it at all. Yeah. Um, so this is what we're gonna. This is what we're doing with that. We're going to uh, add that type of data into GPU reviews, SSD reviews, control, whatever is interesting. Whatever's hot, right? Whatever's hot. Now they, yeah. um, you know, they don't. They don't say it's only for people who are testing equipment, right? So there are other uses for this camera add-on for your phone or tablet. Is to like find leaks in windows or doorways or mm-hmm. vents or something like this. So this guy's holding it up to, I don't know what. I think he's looking for a water leak. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's a thing. See, look at that. You can, I, I was thinking only air leaks, but yeah, you could, you could do it for that. This, this woman is seeing how hot her wieners are on the skillet. <laughs> hot or Poor not. Josh, right. 
this person is seeing um, if the HVAC in his car is functioning correctly. I guess. So if you were uh, <laughs> actually, I need to borrow this. <laughs> yeah, here's here's a person that they're finding leaks in, uh, you know, their windows. Like, yeah, where yeah. are they finding drafty windows yeah, at? Right? Summertime, you know, leaks are a problem. No, it's winter. In uh, both times. Um, so the uh, thermal one, or FLIR one thermal imager for iOS. It's actually two forty nine. Don't buy it for over that. You Good go to, luck finding it literally. It's anywhere. been out of stock for months and months and months. Yeah. And I finally, where well, I ended up finding it on BH Photo. Yeah, it might be actually. In stock it might still, still be in stock there if you go to BH Photo. My, my only gripe with it is they don't give you the scale. They don't show the scale. They don't show you. You can do the little crosshair in the center, and that'll show you the temperature right in the middle. Yep. But, I mean, you know, it knows what range of temperatures it's showing you. It knows what it's auto scaling to, but they just don't give you that option for like. Because if you ever look at a regular thermal image, typically there's a scale on it. Right. You know, you have colors. Like you want to know what the colors. Most things that are maps have scales. Yes, yeah. especially heat map kind of things like color. I'll uh, I'll send them a note and see what they say, but. I don't know. And a multicolored banana. And, 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 it's, and it's it has different types of like you can choose different color scales. Yes, you like can you have can a rainbow that. scale. You can um, have you know there's different the ones. ones are. Uh, I think it's worth showing, sending him a note though, and seeing if they. Can. Yeah, I could do that because if they can do it, it would just be like an app update because all the yeah, data yeah, yeah. is going through the app. Oh, so for it's sure. Just, you know, which is handy, right? That you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to like get a new version of a, of the FLIR just right. to add something like that. So that's what that is. That's my pick. Uh, expect to see that used in content coming up soon. Um, Jeremy. Well, this is something that uh, has been around for a while, and I meant to mention it a couple of times, just found a better pick. But uh, Shodan.io uh, sort of matches with the little my milieu of bitching about the Internet of Things and how ridiculously insecure it is. So here is a search engine which allows you to take a look at freaking everything unsecured that's connected to the web from baby cams to SCADA devices in power plants. The idiots that leave default passwords on, just the people that don't secure it whatsoever. It's a really great tool for security professionals. It's a terrifying tool for voyeurs. Uh, and it just sort of goes to show you how ridiculously insecure having an internet-enabled toaster with a webcam really is. Hey, you leave my toaster out of this. Hey. Well, in your case, I'd be worried about people knowing uh, how many times you order, uh, what is it you've got, uh, the Pampers and the Tide buttons? Uh, no, it's glad garbage bags and ah. bounty paper towels. Thank you. But those devices are actually powered off unless you hit the button. Good. Because they're See, now batteries. that makes sense. Because, unfortunately, like, there's people who do, like, literally, they're, they're, it's awesome. I can watch my baby camera from work because it's over my phone. Mm-hmm. I never changed the password on it because why would I worry about that? Yeah, that's not the smartest. You freaking morons. So if you really want to be terrified or if you've ever been in an <laughs> argument with somebody telling them, look, secure things, you're an idiot for not doing it, up to and including security systems. Show them this, have them sign up and do a couple of searches and right. bring a spare pair of underwear for them with you at the same time. Fair enough. All right. Show Dan. What's the URL for that again? Showdan.io. And .io. also perfect name. Thank you, System Shock. Yep. <laughs> All right, Josh. Me. 
so I, I had a bit of a heartbreak today. It was a rough one. Okay. Was there a tear in your beer? Yes, may have been. So I, I went to the liquor store and, and, and I saw the Celebrator, the box, the four-pack, the one I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about Doppelbach. I wanted something a little bit stronger, something maltier, nicer. And I, I saw it there and I grabbed it and I bought it and I, it was like $12.46 for a four-pack. you got to know how much I want this beer. I put it in my refrigerator to cool down and I... I go to get it, and I grab one out, and I, I, I see that something's wrong with the label. Somebody replaced all the Doppelbach with Hefeweizen. <gasps> I don't want Hefeweizen. I wanted a Doppelbach, and I paid $12.46 for the damn thing. It's almost the dire So I want my Doppelbach, damn it, and I want the little plastic ram on the front. <sighs> I can use as ornaments. I've got about 750 of them in my house already, but damn it, I want more. <laughs> Okay. But no one would have shipped you some Herminator. Six point seven percent. No, this is more like eight point seven. Thing of beauty. Good instead, I got Hefeweizen. and yak piss. Yeah. <laughs> that really is about the exact opposite of what you'd want to drink if you're yeah. looking for a double walk. Yes, it is. It does not hit the spot. In the oh same way. No, man. No. No, that's for sitting in uh, the sun at a ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> not for like for people who put fruit in their beer. I like a good Hefeweizen. You would. Yeah, you <laughs> would. Disconnect Josh and Jeremy. Uh, Alan. Heathens. Up so, uh, free app that lets you find stuff, kind of like how Craigslist is for your area, except this is, like, distance-based from where you are. Not text-based. Okay, why is there a $20 <laughs> face mask? Uh, I don't know. It's not a face mask. That's a balaclava. So, um... So what it does is it, like, as you scroll down, you're actually moving further away from okay. where you are. Okay. Uh, Ooh, a Walking Dead iPhone case. And uh, I ended up picking up a BB-8 for, like, a pretty much a steal, like a little Sphero BB-8 thing mm-hmm. that I guess somebody got for Christmas and didn't want. Where do the, do people post to this specific site to list it on this? Yeah. Or is this, like, yeah. filtering Craigslist or something? No, it's it's on that site. It's actually pretty popular. It seems Wall- to be. Wall- it seems Wall- to be getting. Yeah, it's just. What's the one I see just advertised Wall-a-pop. on TV? It might be this one actually. No, yeah. it's like sell this. It's like something oh, very specific. The one that's to, like to get rid of it right away. Yeah, like something. he's hanging from his car over a cliff. Yeah. He's holding a bowling ball. He's like, oh, it's my favorite bowling ball. I was like, I'll tell you what, we'll sell it. And the guy shows up on a helicopter and yeah, takes it from him. Anyway, so this is this is idea. It's the same same kind of thing, but it's like, you know, it's just like what's like right around you. You kind of like flip through it. You see something good. This is like the worst thing. I don't know. It's like. It's like, I don't know what to do, so where can I give my money? I scored. For something that I so, obviously sometimes, have not looked Sometimes for. you can only get a certain kind of really good deal hey, on check something. Check out this Green Lantern hat. Hey, but know. how long did you have to scroll to find a BB-8? Because I see no bb eight. It was because I, because I bought them. Hey, look at that camp cover. <laughs> yeah, see, look, automobile Come on, dollar. Yeah, yeah Alan, what see, is that? See, if only it's a I, dollar, and we can put it in your garbage can. If only I needed that. This is a lot better than mine. I'm getting like sexy Snow White. Nice. How about a 2001 Honda Civic for $2,700? Well, see? how about the Breaking not... Bad t shirt? Or pedicure sh- chairs. What are we. I, or a murdering axe. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> well, we are in Kentucky. With blood spatters. Ooh, a power That's chair. A I could use a power, power chair. chair. I could use a power chair. Ooh, golden compass. It's even branded. <laughs> this is This is just like the This is this is like sitting at your house going yard sailing, I guess. Yeah. Wait, right? what, what, what a is car that battery thing? for Dubai? Stop. Which Fisher one? Price. It's my little It's a swing. It's a swing. So you you want that for your child after it gets did someone get murdered in that, or does it just look bad? Uh, it's probably Six just what one. it looks like to you, yeah. How about four good tires for sale? The 205-55 R16. Okay, there's a guy in Brooklyn selling his old PC for $703,346. Must be a pretty good PC. Remote control helicopter looks for like 25 a Dell. bucks. This is so weird. I don't... I that can looks see like how Sempron I can see how I will never the show the t-shirt. Did you see the t-shirt? That's pretty funny. Yeah. This one where you wear a ring. How about a Playboy Matchbox car? Ooh, well, I read it for the article. So. I, don't, I don't get this. Uh, anyway, um, that is our hardware software picks of the week. If you're interested, you can go to change.org and search for the Sebastian Peak Comeback to PC per Livestream petition that has already been started. <laughs> um, it is linked in there. We are, it's, it's already up to four supporters. All right. Um, uh, Kali says, he's just a boy. Leave him alone is the comment on that one. Uh, it's pretty funny, actually. Uh, so there, there's that. Uh, what else do I got for you? Um, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can find all the back episodes. Um, thanks to support of our patrons on patreon.com slash PCPro. We now have a video RSS feed you can download there if you want to get a 720p, like 1.5 gigabyte version of our podcast every week. You can do it's that pretty if you big. want to. It's a fairly large file. Um, if you just want to waste all your gigabytes, just you can waste all of your gigabytes. Don't forget, tomorrow we have our racing live stream. Come hang out and have fun. Even if you have, even if you don't have racing games, if you don't want to play, just watch a stream, hang out, listen to us, drink beer, and make fun of other people uh, as we go throughout the day. And, is, and and put your name in for free hardware. Yeah, and even if you're not racing, you don't have to race to win. You just have to be there and watching and participating in the fun having yep. to win. Uh, but you if can, you want an extra chance, just sit beside Ryan and make a solid wall of cars all across the lanes so yeah. the jockey just can't finish a lap. Yeah, if we do that, we don't have to drive backwards. He's got to go. get through it. What if you drive in reverse? Does that work? This we You can't, still go in the wrong direction. Yeah, he, Josh so, said if you're if You, you have 15 reverse, seconds. Yeah. Like, See, this is this is not realistic. And frankly, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> what if you turn around and drive reverse the right way? That'd be interesting. I guess you could do that. It's probably not very productive. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be it for the show for us for this week, guys. Uh, as I look at the calendar, I don't think anything else is going to keep us from doing a show next week. Uh, and I plan on being in town. I won't even. be here. Yeah, Ken says he's not going to be here next Wednesday. So definitely tune in. So we're not going to do a podcast then. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'll figure something out. No, here. every time Ken goes away on a Wednesday, we realize that we didn't need Ken here. And Ken gets very sad for the next couple of weeks. Oh. Like and he breaks everything. They're probably going to make fire. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, PCPer.com slash podcast, like I said. Patreon.com slash PCPer if you want to support more amazing content like the stuff you just saw here for the last hour, I guess. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Mamelton. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>